Welcome to Rising Tide Startups, where today's most exciting solopreneurs share their startup stories. They also deliver tangible strategies that they would implement personally if starting their business over today. Each episode is a startup masterclass. Make sure you take notes. This is Kevin Pruitt with Rising Tide Startups, and my guest today is Victoria Binion. Victoria, thank you for joining us on Rising Tide. Thank you very much for having me, Kevin. I, I, uh, it, it makes me very, very homesick to hear your accent because, uh, I mean, the UK is our, is our second home. It's our adopted home. So thank you for uh, just taking the time today. And if you'll share a little bit with our listeners about Victoria. Okay. So um, I live in Dorset in England. I have two children and I run a podcast booking agency where I book experts as guests on podcasts to help them increase their visibility and grow their brands. So nobody just wakes up one day and decides to be a podcast booking agent. So how in the world did, I mean, walk us through that transition. You just had start out at, you know, you were working at, uh, you well, know, some high street shop and then I don't <laughs> want to do this anymore. Sort of, sort of. It's been a really wiggly line, to be honest. Um, so I guess I always loved storytelling. That's where it begins. At school, I loved English and I loved reading. I read everything that Ina Blyton ever wrote. Yeah. So my parents were quite concerned when I was insisting on going to boarding school, you know, like Mallory Towers and, you know. <laughs> So I guess as I grew up a bit, I thought writing, yeah, okay, what can I do with writing and reading? And I thought, I'll do, I'll be a journalist. I'll be a journalist. And um, you know, my dad said, I'm I'm not sure that you're you're really suited to that. I'm not, I know that you like writing, but I'm not kind of sure that that's right for you. But you know, as quite headstrong as you can be at sort of when you're young, can't you? Um and so I did age. it anyway, or any age, <laughs> yeah, right. any age, and it's not necessarily a bad thing. So um, once I'd done my degree in English, I went off to uh, London College of Printing, it was called then, which is London College of Communication now, and I did a periodical journalism course. And kind of throughout that, I thought, hmm, yeah, this isn't quite what I thought necessarily it was going to be. And also, um, a lot of magazines mainly were based in London, mm-hmm. and I wasn't sure if I wanted to be sort of down to London so when I finished I was quite lucky I got a job in Salisbury which is uh gosh it's about an hour and a quarter from where I live now on the south coast do you know did you go to Salisbury for those that uh that don't know it's kind of near Stonehenge yeah that's right it's got a really lovely cathedral cathedral. yeah Yeah. so I worked um on their the diocese paper really which was a monthly publication and um, it was really lovely for a year um, to be like right by the cathedral. And it was quite a soft option for journalism. Um, and then but there wasn't much progression. And so I started to look at communications because I thought I can still use my writing skills, but maybe do newsletters and things. So that's when I moved to Guildford, which we talked about. And I worked for the regional assembly and I worked in their communications team. And as part of that, there was quite a lot of PR involved Mm -hmm. and um, they put me on some PR courses. And I remember the instructor saying, you know, one day, any of you here, you could have your own PR agency. And I remember thinking at the time, that would be quite good, you know, be your own boss. I quite like the idea of that. But at that point, I was kind of on that corporate track, I think. And it it felt like, you know, I don't know if I can break out from that right now, or, you know, I've got bills to pay and... It's a nice idea for one day. So 
but the regional assembly wasn't really for me and they didn't last that long anyway I didn't really enjoy writing about kind of sewage and pipes and (laughs) (laughs) I just I I think it didn't really fit Um, and then a job and I was quite homesick actually much as I liked Guildford I really missed being by the sea Mm -hmm. which is where we live now Um, so a job came up in Bournemouth at the it was the Arts Institute the Arts university I think it's called now um, a three-year contract that was kind of more creative but it was managing their communications for a three-year project of a lifelong learning so I went there for three years and then I went to London I moved to another arts college and looked after the communications for the student services at University of the Arts London Again, really loved the like the creative side and and looking after all of that. But I think I always wanted to sort of be my own boss. Both my mm-hmm. parents have always been self-employed, and I I think I just kind of, you know, it really grated having to ask for holiday permission and, you know, being on kind of someone else's time frame. Time schedule, and, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, that's it. And then when I was expecting my daughter, we decided it was time to um back to the coast we because we lived right in central london um mm-hmm. opposite the barbican near St. paul's cathedral lots of yeah. cathedrals in the yeah. story <laughs> it was lovely but i was really sick too and i just really needed to come home and have some fresh air so i freelanced from the moment i had her but it was kind of general marketing social media i did and i began to get author clients and small businesses and i really enjoyed that and then i was Trying to enhance my skills, how do I serve authors better, actually, was the, the kind of the thinking. And I took a book marketing course by Tim Grahl about I think it's 2018. One of the strategies that he suggested authors use was podcast interviews to, yeah. as part of their book launch. And I had a couple of author clients at the time and a couple of small businesses. And I said, you know, hey, how about we try this alongside the other things we're doing? And um, it worked so well for one of them, um, who was, she was a psychologist. So she used, she had a nonfiction book and she used her podcast interview to sort of fill her calendar with new clients. Right. And I thought, this is quite powerful. And then I met somebody else through Tim Grahl's group who was looking for help with podcast interviews and he worked in leadership. And I said, yeah, sure, I work. Yeah, we can give it a go. And um, I worked for him for about a year and we got him booked on about 50 podcasts. And again, he had really great results and he, he keeps coming back now, even so for different kind of things he's promoting because he finds it just so useful to make part of his content marketing strategy, I think. Right. But you were so originally talking about PR, right? Yeah. I mean, you were originally, originally about doing PR, PR for yeah. authors and it just kind of niched down. Yeah, so it niched down. Space. Yeah. yeah, that's it really. That's so I kind of thought I'd focus on the one thing. So the booking service, so I mean, uh, as yeah. a podcast host, I mean, it's it's always mm-hmm. an interesting kind of dynamic between a booking service and a podcast host. Yeah. How many, what, what's your, what's your success percentage on like, if, if you're going to reach out to 10 mm-hmm. podcast hosts, how many okay. of those podcast hosts are going to say yes? Well, you know, that's so interesting because when I started the first time I tried, I would have said to you probably one in 10 because mm you know, I really refined the method since yeah. then. Um, yeah. You know, I wasn't so tailored, um, but these, so these days what we do to improve that rate is really talk to the client about who their target audience is mm-hmm. and then really research the relevant podcasts, you know, and reach out to the ones that you think are a good fit. Really take time to look at the episodes that you've already created 
and what they could add to the conversation. Right. So it's a win for everyone. So I would say now it would be more like five and 10 or even higher. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's a high percentage. Yeah. That's a high but, percentage. I, I don't think I, I, um, okay. I don't think I accept, you know, 50% of the ones that are, that are sent yeah. to us, but it um, very it's much getting depends. closer. Because yeah. I think we we can even train the booking services. Like, yes. you know, we write back. It's not just a no. I mean, it's a no because of this reason. Yes. And um, this is what we're really looking for, you know. And, yeah. and um, But we started looking, reaching out to yeah. agencies too. So, I mean, I, I've even proactively reached out to agencies mm -hmm. and said, look, I'm looking for these types of guests if you, if you know about yes. this. And we've gotten some response that way as well. But um, right. I'm, I'm curious, is it so obviously it wasn't just a an overnight transition I mean was there a point no. that you just started you yeah know, you woke up one day and thought wait a minute I'm I'm spending all my time booking podcasts instead of doing these other I, you know, these other mediums I actually joined um a sort of a business coaching service called well called Atomic and you get a one-to-one -one with one of the owners and um, I, so on my one-to-one, -one, I was saying, you know, I do all this, these different things. I do marketing, I do social media, I book podcasts. And he went, right, that's far too much. If you actually want to grow a business, you know, you need to define your offering to mm. people, you know, focus on one thing, one thing that you're going to offer, come up with a package and and just do that one thing don't be doing because I was kind of doing well if you need social media I can do social media yeah. if you need more of a launch plan we can do that we you know so it was really that made me think about it so he said what what do you enjoy most and what do you, do you have most success with and I said well podcasts actually because I really like reaching out meeting hosts and talking to them and you know I really enjoy pushing clients for helping clients share their message right. you know and so um oh sorry did that come through anyway yes so that's how we kind of got to got to where we were it was really a push from a, a coach to focus so what has been the i mean when you first started kind of niching down just to podcasting mm -hmm. i mean how long did it take to kind of grow you know a, a stable of clients or did you pretty well have that those and you just kind of set up look uh, i'm not doing these other services i'm only doing this service for you that's quite hard actually to say no as well isn't it when yeah. you're just when you're trying to transition and you know you don't really want to turn down the work but you know that you have to if you're going to have the space to grow so i had i had two clients and i just i told it one of them only wanted podcasts really and i just told him that this was where the focus was going to be i felt it was the most valuable thing to be focusing on and he was fine and my other client actually she where she was getting so many results from it she was happy to sort of go down that route mm -hmm. and then I found that as I was contacting hosts I had a couple of podcast hosts say to me oh what services do you offer they you know I I would like to be a guest to another podcast to promote my business or my own podcast so I got a, you know, a couple like that. And um, really, when I let people know what I was doing, I changed everything over. There were other colleagues I knew who said, you know, I've got clients that I do maybe Facebook ads for who have been asking about podcasts. I think it's quite um, it's like a golden time, isn't it, for podcasts? Right. There's a lot of people thinking about it now. Mm -hmm. So and also then I thought, you know, I should try the strategy myself. I talked to clients about it. 
you know as um I should use it as part of my content marketing so as I've done that I've had yeah so I've had a couple of um, clients come from just being interviewed so how do you find the the pod how do you niche down the podcast that you I mean are you just searching Apple podcasts you look at Spotify I mean are you just doing searches for specific subject matters all of it all of it really um if somebody comes to me and they're an author um when I have a strategy meeting with them to start with I'll say where does your book fit on the shelf which are authors in your genre um or if it's business owners you know we talk about okay who's in the same area as you who's in your niche and they give you a place to start I mean you can start by googling those people those Mm. authors and the word podcast and see what that brings up and that can help you start making your list to kind of start refining by like you see the categories in itunes Mm -hmm. um listen notes really looking the roundups sometimes you know when i'm looking for leadership podcasts you can google top leadership podcasts um yeah especially depends on the clients and i find them they come to us for different reasons like one of our recent clients so she's she's got contacts in marketing um, but they're friends. And so she doesn't want to approach them or her team to approach them herself because, you know, it, it might be awkward. So she'd rather an agency does it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, she came to us with a specific list, quite a solid idea I'd like to be pitched. But, you know, I kind of don't want anything to do with the pitching because I don't want to ruin our relationships. So there's lots of different reasons and diff- so different ways that we approach it. Well, as a, as a, as a potential guest, if I'm trying to, if I'm trying to get on podcast, I would much rather you reach out and receive a no than me reach out and receive a no, because I mean, right. there's, a, there's even the, like yeah. the self-esteem factor. You're like, you know, if yeah. I, if I filled out the form, the, the guest form or whatever, and they tell me, no, I'm going to, you know, mm-hmm. oh, what did I say wrong? But if you yeah. do it, I may not even know you pitched no. 10 different podcasts and three said That's yes you're, you're just, just here tell me the three I, that said yes <laughs> yeah absolutely here's where you need to show up <laughs> right so we, have to, we want to guard our clients psyche a little bit so yeah, sure. yeah absolutely absolutely because it is it's quite um putting yourself out there it's um yeah. it can be hard can't it especially to start with <laughs> so I'm curious how did you find rising tide startups I was, no, I was searching you because your businesses, aren't you? And startups and small businesses. And uh, that must be what I searched. And just popped I up. I, mean, I, I think it was you know, on iTunes, you know. I think we're a big deal, but, you know, I, yes. I don't think we no, don't normally pop up on like a top 10 list or anything like that. Because so, I mean, there are, there are what, uh, over yeah. a million podcasts now. So, yeah, there are. There's, I think it's space. 2 million. Yeah, but yeah, it, it it is though not when you think of YouTube, I guess. If you compared it like that, it's still kind of early days. <laughs> yeah. yeah, for but sure. But yes, I think I found you on on iTunes searching small businesses and startups. You can you drill down quite a lot in the subcategories, mm-hmm. can't you? Yeah, and I one thing there's this term called pod fade <laughs> that happens that uh, yeah. where podcasters start a podcast and most of them quit before they get to their tenth episode. So. Yeah. It is amazing. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you've been going for quite a while, haven't you? You've got lots of regular episodes. We are in our third year for sure. Yeah. And yeah, it's, um, uh, it's been, it's been a lot of fun. So give me your, uh, give me your best right. elevator. You're in, in British vernacular. Give me your best lift pitch, you know, as we're, you know, we're going to jump on the lift. We're going to go up 10 floors and, and you got about 40 seconds of, of my, you know, attention as a, as a potential client. Give me your, uh, the best pitch you have. 
Okay, so it, you know, the time is now. The time is now to start increasing your visibility, um, growing your brand, getting your message out there. You no longer want to be the best kept secret, and podcast right. interviews are the way to get your message heard. They are the way to build connections with hosts. They build no like and trust factors. People have you in their ears. It's quite intimate medium. They build authority. When people Google you, you're going to come up as a guest on all these shows. There's longevity to being a podcast guest. You know, people can hear you eight months, a year after you've recorded that episode. They can listen to you. They can get to know you. And they often come to the calls pre-sold. So now's the time to get in with podcast interviews. <laughs> See, you sold me. I, I've taken your business card <laughs> as I stepped off the lift right there. So I'm signing up for the service. So. <laughs> What's the, I mean, it, it's still relatively early days, but what do you think is kind of the lifetime uh, or the average, you know, uh, amount of time that a client will, will be with you in your service? I mean, how long do you think they'll stay? You know, it varies. We've had so the client I talked about who just put me on to book a few to promote his book. Um, we've just kept going and going when he's had different things to promote. Because, you know, he's seen the benefits, the SEO benefits, mm -hmm. traffic comes through from the links from the podcast, or he's got, you know, a new workshop to promote. Um, I would say I've had authors who will, will come for six months because they want to really just focus around a book launch. Right, right. Um, but if it's, I think if it's someone who's growing their business, often they just keep coming back and keep coming back because the benefits accumulate like a snowball. Mm hmm is the, uh, I mean, your pricing structure, your pricing model or whatever, mm -hmm. I mean, is it kind of front end loaded? I mean, there's a lot of work on the front end for you that, you know, setting up the one page bio, really getting to know the right. client, you know, drilling down on what types of podcasts it might be good. And then as yeah. time goes on, it's just almost like a kind of a rinse and repeat, you know, type thing. But so if you have people that are, that are just in and out in a month, I would think that you would almost need to have a like a setup fee almost and then maybe a monthly recurring charge or something like that. I don't know what the, the yes. structure is. Well, you know, yes, we do. We do need to do that. Our minimum um, sort of contract at the moment is three months. Mm -hmm. um, and yes, we just we wrap everything up in that at the moment. But yes, I think um, just recurring, then we would reduce it when clients you know, we knock a bit off if they right. renew because they don't, like you say, they've got the one sheet. Right. Um, it's not, it's not so much. They get a discount when they subsequently renew. Now you, you talked a little bit or a lot on your, your <laughs> lift pitch or your elevator pitch about kind of the front end benefits of, of podcasting. Okay. What about the back end? What about the output side of things? I mean, do you also talk to clients about, mm -hmm content that you produced or how to how to utilize content that yes, type of thing we do because that, i didn't mention that did i because when you were a guest on podcast it was a short, constant... short ride on the elevator so <laughs> it was but you have this constant stream of fresh content mm -hmm. that you can repurpose um for, for some of our bigger contracts we do um we do include transcripts of the podcast because mm -hmm. obviously you've got the you've got the video you've got the audio you can share it across your channels you can make social media posts from snatches of the interview that will keep you going. You can repurpose it as blog on your site. Um, 
it says just so much. It's so valuable. So if you're if you're struggling to come up with content across your platforms, this is a really simple way to solve it too. Because every interview, every interviewer will kind of ask you something, and it will bring out answers in a different way that maybe you hadn't thought of before. Yeah. So it yeah. is fresh content, and it's quite an easy way to guess it. So, do you also do any any like? kind of tertiary services as well? Like, I mean, you, you said you can, you will do a transcription, but is there any, you do yeah. any marketing, you do any like social media sharing, that type of thing with as, content? Yeah, as part of our packages at the moment, we do share the posts. Um, so we find some posts um, provide us with graphics and, mm-hmm. um, you know, example posts that we can use. Um, but for those that don't, we create them for our clients right. and we will either post them to their platforms to promote their interviews when they go out or we'll liaise if they have a social media manager or a VA, we liaise with them, give them the posts, make sure they know the dates that they're due to promote them. And so they can kind of maximize it. And, you know, it's a win for the host and the guest. Then, yeah, everyone, sure. It's in everyone's interest sure. to share it as widely as possible, isn't it? Hey, just an FYI, when when this episode goes live, you will all, you will have a social sharing card I'll send you. So you, can, you, can, you can promote this. So oh, fantastic. Thank How you. do you think um, COVID has affected like just the general psyche of, of business owners and, and those that that want to promote their own brand? I mean, have you seen an uptick? Have you seen a kind of a just yes. kind of a holding pattern a little bit they're a little uncertain I mean what do you, yeah. what do you see in the last 12 months so when it hits when it hits last March we had a couple of clients who just kind of froze everything mm-hmm. and then we uh, but at the same time we were getting new clients who were looking for other ways to get their messages out there when things like their speaking yeah. opportunities yeah. had stopped um and I found that the clients who did kind of freeze came back, have come back mm-hmm. and are now maybe more focused on other ways to promote their business um, when conferences aren't happening, mm-hmm. haven't been happening or virtual. So I think it's maybe shown that you just need lots of different ways um, to promote your business, to grow your brand and audio's quite good. It's, you know, it can continue when there's a lockdowns and, yeah. and everything you can use, something you can still keep going with. So you, you, you mentioned audio, mm-hmm. do you, and you said that they would have video content generally as well. I mean, if it's a zoom call or something like that, do you yeah. also, you know, promote this through over YouTube or are there any other video uh, platforms that, that you utilize, or is this primarily just kind of audio podcast? You know, it's well, what it's kind of primarily audio, I would say, but actually more hosts are using the video, aren't they? We've been finding um, quite a lot. We'll even use clips or right yeah you know so it depends yeah yeah, exactly so it depends on where our clients are focused on that where their channels are because they don't all have you know all of them but Mm -hmm. we encourage them to share the video to share the audio to you know just repurpose it in as many ways as they can right but we also advise them to check or we check, um, you know, if it's going to be video so that you are prepared and you don't kind of show up in your pajamas mm. um, thinking it's just going to be audio and make sure that they've got the right equipment, you know, have an external web camera. Because right. I think so many are kind of shows now, aren't they? They're, you know, a lot of hosts will use the video on their YouTube channel and also the audio on iTunes and 
across the social media. Absolutely. Platforms. And I, I mean, a, mm -hmm. you know, a relatively inexpensive camera can make a, a, a mm -hmm. huge difference and, and like a Absolutely. LED light, you know, in, in front yeah. of, you know, as to kind of light up yeah. the, you know, your face as you're, you're on camera, but um, outside yeah. of, outside of COVID, I mean, mm -hmm. our, in I've, what I've noticed in the last say 18 to 24 months is that it's even even the business climate has changed and the and like people that might not have been as ready to kind of go out on their own you know this yes. has almost forced their hand a little bit Absolutely. and i've seen a, a real uptick in in people that are you know say walking out of the cubicle and and stepping out and doing things on their own have you have yes. you noticed the same thing I've noticed that people who maybe would have been uh, more hesitant to do podcasts, they seem keener. They're used to Zoom. They're used to doing conferences yep. at work now. So it's that kind of our lives have changed, haven't they? We've right. had to get used to the technology. So it maybe makes it a less of a leap. Actually, maybe I could do that. You know, I do Zoom now. Mm -hmm. I, you know, that kind of thing. I'm used to talking in meetings. Yeah, it, yeah, it's interesting. I was in a uh, meeting at, at my day job. I have I lead a team mm -hmm. at, at a in, okay. the, in the corporate world, and uh, we were sitting there in one of our team meetings. And I said, "Okay, imagine if I would have told you 12 months ago that the world was going to hit the hit a global <laughs> pause button. We were going to be working remotely. We're all going to be doing Zoom meetings or Microsoft Teams or whatever the medium is. You would have thought I was crazy." Mm -hmm. you know, that we're oh. going to have a global pandemic that's going to hit, you know, um, Absolutely. that's exactly what's happened in the last 12 months. And yep. it, it has changed our world um, never to mm. return. It's not, it's not no. like we're going to go back to that normal again, because there will no. be a new normal. Absolutely. And, you know, we need to adjust to that. Yeah. You know, we found, so we're on the coast here, but houses are being snapped up. And I think that there's a lot of people who may have been based in London, yep. you know, and they can do, and they're not going to be returning to work in the yep. same way. And so you can choose maybe more where you want to live. If, you know, if you're going to be allowed to work from home, a lot of big companies have let their big premises go, haven't they? And they're mm. looking at smaller ones. I know my husband's company, um, they're architects and they're mm -hmm. kind of based all over and they've, they've let go some offices, they've downsized everyone's got laptops that's set up, you know, they will have some office space still, but it's going to be reduced significantly. Yeah. I mean, companies that were probably highly reluctant to, to work remotely or distributed yeah. have found out, well, actually we can pull this off and that's we don't right. need our, you know, large brick and mortar, you know, yeah. structure, that's, that's you know, huge overheads on me that, that they can built, reduce, you know, for our company <laughs> yeah. that, uh, that we can, we can get away without that. And, and I mean, yeah, yeah. absolutely huge overhead, you know, expense that, that, uh, you know, can be saved. Now, the problem is we have these buildings all over the globe and like, you know, what are we going to do with them? <laughs> absolutely. I mean, the cities are full of, of office buildings. Absolutely. I mean, I do wonder, I haven't been up to London, obviously, since, but I wonder what the city's like, you know, probably a ghost town. And it, yep. it's going to be interesting how things change, like you say, those big buildings and we wonder what will they, what they will do with them. And I mean, even companies that might have had, you know, five or six different floors of a, of a large building, they may say, well, mm -hmm. actually, we only need one, you know, so yeah. now... The other four yeah. are going to be vacant or whatever, but it is, it is interesting right. to, to look not mm -hmm. just at the, at the, you know, the geography of where people work, but uh, like even the, the way that they work, 
you know, mm-hmm. the, you know, is we're not, it's not nine to five, you know, so much no, anymore. It's a lot more well. kind of working around your own schedule. It's more project mm-hmm. driven versus time driven. Um, it's yeah. asynchronous, you know, across the globe. I mean, we work with yeah. people literally, literally all over the, the planet. That's and, it. you know, with, with, uh, okay. and thankfully the generally the common business language is English. So for you and I, that makes it a lot easier to, yeah, <laughs> to communicate for us for <laughs> the world. So yeah, I'm, I'm curious, we've, we've touched on a lot of things. Is there anything that we haven't really touched on that, that you've, you know, once you've mm-hmm. launched your business that, uh, you know, lessons learned or, you know, things you, if you go back 12 to 18 months think, boy, I really wish I would have known that then, you know, this thing I know now, I wish I'd have known that then would have made life so much easier. Yeah. I mean, I think as, as we talked about earlier, the, the thing about just not trying to do too many things, not trying mm-hmm. to offer too many services, just focusing on one and doing one well. I think um, if I'd have known that earlier, I think I could have progressed faster, you know, um, yes, yeah, so I'd wish I'd known that. But do you think it would have been more difficult to to launch or to grow early? Because I think that's the, mm. the big fear of most, you know, startups is there. If I niche down, I, I mean, I, right now I've, I'm just I've got to get business through the door somehow. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll do anything for anybody for about any price, you know, and t- I'll figure yes. that out later. But um, I think it's great advice. But I think that's a that's yeah. a huge fear. It is. And, you know, um, I was really worried about that. And um, I watched a webinar and I can't remember who it was by, but it was somebody in my business group. And she said, you can still take on the other work. Just you just don't have to promote it on your website. You know, you can Mm. still do it if you feel that you need Mm -hmm. the income while you're growing it. But just don't don't promote it in the same way. You know, just really push the one thing to be known for. (laughs) So you, you've used the term we at different times. Walk us through what is, what is Victoria Binion Incorporated look like? At the moment, you know, it's, it's me. And then I have contractors mm-hmm. who I work with as an, as an one. So very virtual team. Right. Um, See, you're ahead of the curve, you know, you, uh, you probably, and you probably would have done that anyway. I, mean, I would think. Yeah. Probably you know, even I without would. COVID. I probably would because I liked that was one of the things about you know being your own boss having your own business that I liked the idea of that I wasn't going into an office nine to five every day I've got two children mm-hmm. and I like to be able to work around that yep. you know and get the support I need um, you know for the business that way so yeah so I think yes it's it's worked out well <laughs> so give me the give me your moonshot vision so what what is vc.com or vb.com going what's that what's that going to look like in three to five years ah well i hope it's a much more substantial business (laughs) um with maybe more permanent members of staff but virtually based Mm -hmm. um so that we can and i just want to continue to improve our service that we offer you know people to help increase their visibility i hope to have helped a lot more businesses grow their brands through podcasting are you and, seeing a lot of people try yeah. to get into that that line of, of service as that in offering podcast book, bookings yeah, you're right i think there's a few i don't think if you were to look at sort of social media managers it's mm-hmm. nothing 
Mm -hmm. um, but it's definitely growing because I think there's a demand for it among right. clients, you know, and I think some PR agencies are adding it onto their books too. So, yeah, I think it's, hmm, I think it's something that will increase. I think there'll be more and more people as time goes on. So are, are you trying to work with agencies that, that have kind of a, a more of a broad service offering and you're like, let, let us provide the kind of the podcast booking portion of your larger portfolio mm. services? You know, I haven't yet, but it's on my list. I, I would definitely like to offer that and see if it's something we can help with. I, I, mean, I think mm -hmm. that I think there's certainly a, a kind of a, a niche there that that is yeah. kind of untapped. And I think a lot of agencies don't even think about it. I mean, booking on podcasts yeah. is not even in their in mm -hmm. their thought process and I, and I, I think you're right i think it's such a it's a new but yeah. growing you know opportunity yeah. and people are really starting to understand and and appreciate the the Maybe. value of i think coming on podcasts so um, i'm anxious yeah. to see what uh what's <laughs> how it's going to grow in the next few years and and really appreciate you just taking the time right right as oh, you're heading you. into your weekend and you get to spend a little family time this weekend but victoria is there anything that we haven't asked you about that you just want to close us out with today and then you know just close out with with uh letting people know wh where the best place to find you online okay well the best place to find me online is victoriabenyon.com right there, there at the website has, right there at the website and then we will there's have the that link. in the show notes mm -hmm. and uh want to just tell you once again thank you for taking your time and really just helping all boats rise in a rising tide victoria have oh, a great weekend thank you. you too thank you very much for having me kevin another episode in the books we hope you heard some great takeaways don't forget to subscribe and leave a five-star review on itunes and youtube as always thanks for listening to rising tide